Because here's the thing. God is much more interesting in doing something in you than through you. What does that mean? That means that God has a plan. He's got something that he's up to in this world, but he can use anybody. So what's important is what he does in us, not through us, because if he wants to do something, he's going to use anybody. But I don't know about you, but I want to be used by God. Like I want to see God show up in my life and I want him to do things through me. But as a result of that, what's going to happen? He's going to do something in me because when God works through you, there's a before and after. And that's what I want for you individually. And that's what I want for us as a church collectively. So we talked about relational breakthrough last week. And today I want us to talk about breakthrough in our faith. So I want to start off with a question. Have you ever experienced God doing something in your life that is absolutely undeniable? How many? I know many of us have. When I was little, uh, about 10 years old, I lost my glasses. And I, I, went, I went down uh, to the park with some friends, lost my glasses, came back home. I didn't have my glasses. My dad asked me, hey, where are your glasses? I'm like, I don't know. I think I lost them. We went down to the park. The glasses weren't there. We come back. We're going to have dinner, and we're like, hey, I think the glasses are lost. And back then, glasses were really expensive in South America back in the 80s. Losing glasses was kind of a big deal because they were, they were expensive. And so my dad, so pastor, he's, uh, we're sitting at the dinner table, and he says, let's, uh, you know, let's pray. Let's pray. I mean, because we did everything that we can do. Let's pray. So we pray, and uh, my dad says, Lord God, please, I just pray that these glasses appear somehow. I kid you not. We say amen. There's a knock on the door. We open the door. There's a homeless guy with my glasses. And he says, hey, I found these glasses. Would you like to buy these glasses? My dad buys the glasses from him. It's amazing. I love that story so much because, because it is so undeniable that God moved as a result of this prayer. And we see this. We see this in Scripture over and over again. We see the healing of the possessed man. We see the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. We see the cleansing of the leper. We see water into wine. Uh, the big, you know, you put, you put the net on the other side of the, of the boat and all these fish show up. There's the raising. We see 33 separate miracles in the Gospels where Jesus comes through in an amazing way. But here's the point that I want to make today is that in nearly every single case, there is an interaction of two things. One is the will of God and the other is the faith of the individual. There's the will of God, the thing that God wants to do. And then on the other hand, there is the faith of the individual. Now, let's be clear. God is sovereign. He's going to do what he's going to do. But there's an element that we see over and over again in Scripture that becomes absolutely undeniable. We hear Jesus saying, your faith has healed you so many times. Your faith has saved you. Because of your faith, the result of this woman touching the cloak, um, uh, you know, Naaman is bathing seven times and he does all these things. And so there's all these moments to where, yes, there's the will of God, but there's the interaction with the individual that puts his faith in God. There's something that we have to do. That sort of, in a way, in a way, because I can't really explain it that well, but in a way, activates the will of God. In fact, Jesus told his disciples when he was, he was, uh, he was, he was ending his ministry, John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. So what he's saying here is that this power, 
is available, this healing power, this, this thing that Jesus used to be able to do the things that he did, that same power is available to all of us who believe. Which tells me that faith plays a huge role in this whole process. In fact, I will go as far as to say that our lack of faith has the opposite effect in moving the will of God. And here's, here's what I mean by that. We, we've heard of these verses maybe in the past. You know, Mark chapter 6, Jesus coming back to his hometown. He says, he says, listen, this is Jesus. He's saying he could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people, which always makes me laugh. He's like, oh, just the small things, just healing a few people, but none of the big stuff, really. Why? Because of their lack of faith. It says he was amazed at their lack of faith. Another account of the same thing was in Matthew 13, 58. It says he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith faith. So listen to this. This is so important. There's something about faith that moves, releases, activates, unleashes the power of God. Or on the other hand, represses, lessens, or diminishes the activity of God. Now, I don't want to preach heresy here because I'm not saying that God isn't sovereign. God is going to do what he's going to do. But there is something about faith that allows for the will of God to be unleashed in a certain situation. We see this uh, in the accounts that we were just reading, the woman who was, who was bleeding. And it's almost like Jesus didn't even know what happened. Like, he just, like, who touched me? Peter's like, dude, everyone's touching you. They're, pu they're pushing you on every side. He's like, no, 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 somebody touched me in a different way because I felt power come out of me. It was her faith that activated the will of God. The healing power was readily available. He felt power come out of him. So in a way, in a way, in a way, this woman caused that miracle to happen. When we have the other account of the, of the boy who had epilepsy or who was possessed by a demon, right? We have, we have the man who brings his son to the feet of Jesus in Mark 9, and what, is, what does he say to Jesus? He's, he has this, this son who has this terrible disease and he comes up to Jesus and, and he says to Jesus, listen to this. He says, if you can have mercy on my son. And Jesus is so offended. If you can, he says, if you can have mercy on my son. And Jesus comes back to you and says, if I can, if I can, really? Why was he offended? I think he was offended because of the word if. He didn't like the word if. There's something about the word if that he did not like. And then he answers. Jesus tells this man, he says, anything is possible for those who believe. You see, faith is such a key element in our Christian walk. And I have made the mistake over and over again. I can't tell you how many times of praying half-hearted prayers. Honestly, I've prayed, I've prayed half-hearted prayers. And the premise behind, the, the, so the reason why I would pray a half-hearted prayer is because I would say, God knows already. Like, he knows what he's going to do. So I'm just going to pray, like, hey, God, this and that. And if it's your will, you know, do this and that. But I read the scripture, and I'm thinking, maybe Jesus is offended because of the word if. Like, because when I say if, I'm saying, eh, maybe. If it's your will, do it. No, no. That's not, that's not what, what Jesus wants us to do when we pray. He wants us to pray to the God who is fully capable of doing anything, 
We see it in the past. We see it in the present. We see it in the future. So I'm challenging myself to start praying differently. To pray believing. Believing. Not that I have the power to do, to tell God what to do, but that there's something about putting your faith in the one who is able to do anything that the result of that is that something amazing can happen. I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is what? Confidence. Confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about, about what we do not see. Confidence and assurance. Confidence and assurance. Confidence. Like, you know. Like, I know. I just know. Assurance? Like, yeah, you don't have to explain it to me. Like, I just know and I am sure of this thing that I, has not happened yet. Like, I just know that that's just it's 100% possible. I believe it. Basically is praying, believing that what you're praying for can happen in an instant. This is what I want to start doing. This is what I'm, what I'm challenging you to do. You see, this is why Jesus was so offended or taken aback by the word if. Because if means doubt. If means uncertainty, which is the opposite of faith. So I believe God is is calling me to stop praying if. I want to stop praying. I want to stop praying if. I'm not going to pray if anymore. If you ever hear me praying if, you need to stop me. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to pray believing that God can do it. You see, as a church, I truly believe that we're at the doorsteps of a spiritual awakening. I can't explain it. I just believe it. I truly 100% believe that our church is at the doorsteps of a spiritual awakening, which means that what's true for us collectively has to be true for you individually. And I think that faith has such a, a, an important uh, role to play in that. So let's eliminate if from our vocabulary when we're praying. Let's not pray if anymore. Let's replace it for this. Let's replace if for Ephesians 3.20, which says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Immeasurably more. Like if you can imagine it, he can do more. He can do immeasurably more than he can do. That's what I want to pray according to his power that is at work within us. So I'm replacing if for that verse. God, you can do anything. I am praying to the God that can do anything. So it's a call to repentance. It's kind of a, and kind of jokingly a little bit, but let's change our prayers. Let's change our prayers from if prayers to faith-filled prayers. I have to be clear with this though, very important, that it's not that we're making the will of God happen. That's not our role. God's going to do what he's going to do. For example, if you have someone in your life that has cancer and God wants to heal that person of cancer, make no mistake, if it's his will, he's going to heal that person from cancer. Now, if I pray a half-hearted prayer for that person and the result of that half-hearted prayer is that that person is not healed, that doesn't mean that that person is not going to be healed. He'll use someone else or he'll just heal that person. Here's the thing. This is, this is where we come in, is that I don't want to miss it. Like, I want to be the person who puts himself in the intersection of God's faithfulness and my faith because I want to see God in action. 
I want to see him showing up in your life. I want to see him showing up in my life. I want to see him showing up in this church. Like Francis and I were talking about this the other day. Like I want to see God do something in this church that all of us can just watch and say, God showed up. Like he was here. Like it is so undeniable that I can just shut my mouth, stop preaching, and God is here and he just showed up at this church. Uh, completely un undeniable. That's my prayer. And I believe this is going to happen. One of the prayers that I've had lately is I don't want to leave this earth until I see God do something absolutely amazing. That's my prayer. And I believe we're going to see it. I truly believe we're going to see it. Which means no more if prayers and more you can do anything prayers. So I encourage you, I encourage myself to be, to be a believer. Because I think there's something that you want to see in your life right now. Maybe all this talk is is good, but at the same time, there's something that you want to see happen in your life, in your, in your environment. Maybe there's someone in your life that you want to reconcile with. Maybe there's, there's someone in your life that needs healing, that you're praying for. Maybe there's a financial situation that you're going through right now. Or there's something in your life that, that you need to, for God to show up for you. So I made this commitment. <laughs> No more half-hearted prayers. And we're going to switch that for heartfelt expectation. I had someone tell me um, a few months ago that he believes that 2021 is going to be the biggest uh, revival that the world has ever seen. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I tell you this, that lights a fire in me. And I, I want to believe that. And I'm believing for that. And I'm praying for that. And I think that the God that rose from the dead is fully capable of doing that. But we have to position ourselves in our spirit to actually believe that so that his faithfulness will connect with our faith. Now, one of the things that God has worked in my life uh, in the past uh, about a year has been my in my relationship with him has been that it's not about me. I know it's kind of, this should be obvious, but it's not about me. When I when I, was, uh, when I was offered this job as the lead pastor of this church, I was on the fence at first. I wasn't sure about it, but we went through the steps, and then it was down to about me and like a few other guys, like two or three other guys, and then I started obsessing over it. I started praying, Lord God, please give me this job. Like, I just wanted it so bad. I'm like, Lord God, please, please, have them pick me, have them pick me. Please, Lord, please, Lord, please, please, Lord. Then we came down to, it was getting closer, and then God worked something in my spirit, and he changed my prayer. He changed my prayer from God give me this job to God give Downey First Christian Church the right person, the person that they need. And it switched. And now God is doing the same thing in me again, but in a different way because I've been obsessing over this church. I've been obsessing over God, please grow this church. God, please do something amazing in this church. Do something in this church. And God's telling me, no, it's not about this church. It's about this city. So we need to, we need to, so it's about, not us, not me individually, not us individually as a church, but it's about the city that this church is in. Like, if all the churches in this city are full, I'm happy. Like, I hope that all the churches, the Bible-believing, preaching churches in this city will be full of people because the point is not what we're doing, but what God is up to in this city. So it's always about Him. This is so important for us to understand. It's always about His 
glory. And it starts with you, and it starts with me. So I believe God is moving, and he's going to bring, bring revival to the city. I truly, truly believe that. I want to be like the centurion that says all things are possible. I want to be like the friends who brought the paralyzed uh, man. Anything is possible. I want to be like the woman bleeding that said all things are possible. I want to believe for the amazing things that God can do. I'm expecting and I'm believing all of these things. Now here's the question. Here's the question. What if I pray? What if I believe? What if I expect and nothing happens? So what? Because what's the alternative? Half-hearted prayer? I'm just going to kind of believe a little bit. No, no. I, like, we're not going to control what God does or doesn't do. We have to understand that. But I want to pray, believing, and expecting for God to do what only He can do. Because here's the thing. That's not even the point. Like, the point isn't even the breakthrough. The point isn't even the healing. The point isn't even the restoration of the relationship. The point isn't the financial breakthrough. The point is the glory of God. That's the whole point, is the glory of God. So Jesus is in, the, is, in the, is in the boat with his disciples, and he's sleeping, and there's this huge storm, right? And then the disciples are freaking out because they think they're going to die, and they're going to drown. And Jesus is sleeping on a cushion. And then they say, Jesus, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? And then Jesus wakes up and says, stop. And the storm just stops all of a sudden. What are the, what's the reaction of the disciples? I, I'm always amazed at their reaction because the reaction is not a normal reaction because normally you would react, you jump up and down, you're happy, hey, we didn't die, we thought we were going to drown, thank you because you saved our life. No, they just stop, they're silent, they look at Jesus, I think it was Peter, he says, who is this man? Who even the wind and the, and the waves obey him? So the result of that, of the thing that we're praying for, the thing that we're praying through for is not even the point. The point is the presence of God. And when God shows up in your life and we, when he shows up in the church, it's not about the thing that he did. It's about himself. And when he shows up, it changes everything. He's the point. He's the goal. So the calling today is to believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he can do what he says that he can do. That's the goal. The goal. So when I pray for revival, I'm praying for the whole thing. I'm praying for salvations, for miracles, for rest. I'm praying for all of it. Like, I want all of it in this church. That's my prayer, and I'm believing for it. But the result of that, yes, okay, you got healed. Yes, he showed up. Yes, you got reconciled. Great. But, but Jesus, Jesus is the one that did it. Jesus is the one that shows up. Jesus is the one that you see. We were praying earlier. Like, my prayer is that no one remembers me that no one remembers Francis, that no one remembers Randy. That, that, that when you walk away, you will walk away with Jesus. Because that's the point. It's always the point. Jesus is always the point. So I'm going to end with this. When the father of the demon-possessed boy came up to Jesus and said, he said what he said, right? He talked to Jesus and, and said, if. You know, he came up to Jesus and said, if you want to do this, right? What, what's, the, what's the response? He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. For those who believe, all things are possible. And then the answer from the dad 
is the thing that I want us to think about. What does he say? He says, help me in my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. Maybe you're here and you need help in your, in your unbelief. Maybe you're here and you've tried everything. You've tried everything, just like the, the woman who was bleeding. She tried everything. Everything, everything. She spent all her money. She went to all the doctors. It was 12 years of trying things. Maybe that's how you feel right now. And maybe that's having an effect on your faith. Like you're not believing as much anymore. My prayer is that, 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 that your faith will be rekindled today and that you will believe. But maybe you need help, like this man with his boy. He said, Jesus, help me in my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. And here's something that will help you in your unbelief. So I asked the question at the beginning. Remember when Jesus has shown up in your life in the past? Jesus says that to the disciples in Mark chapter 8, verse 18. says, don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? He couldn't do any miracles there because of their lack of faith. Raise your hand if you've seen God move in your life before. That's most of us. You see, if he did it before, he can do it again. If he did it before, he can do it again. If, he, if the walls of Jericho fell, they can, they can fall again. If Jesus fed the 5,000 before, he can do it again. If, if, if um, God parted the Red Sea before, he can do it again. If you had restoration in your life before, you can have that restoration again. If you, if you, have, if you have had financial breakthrough in the past, you can have it again. The, the, the God hasn't changed. The circumstances may have changed, but we serve the same God, and that's where we put our faith in. I'm choosing to believe. I choose conviction. I choose assurance. So I'm, I'm placing my conviction and my assurance in God. And I repent from saying if. I'm done saying if. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe and I'm replacing my if with Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that, has work, that is at work within us. Can you repeat that with me? Can you just raise your hand? If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're responding to this right now, say this with me. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Lord God, we thank you so much for these moments that we share, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you have reminded us of who you are. You have reminded us of what you can do. You have reminded us that the, our interaction, the interaction of our faith with your faithfulness allows for your power to take place. Lord God, I don't want to miss this. I want us to see you working in our church. I want, you, I want to see you working in our midst. I want us to be able to see you do things that only you can do. Thank you, Lord, because you remind us that the point isn't the miracle. The point isn't the breakthrough. The point is you. The point is you showing up, us being, being able to see you, to interact with you, for you to be able to do something that is so undeniable that all we can do is look at you and say, who is this man? 
And that all the concepts that we have in our minds about who you might be will be broken through as a result of us seeing you do what only you can do. I'm praying this, God, for our church. I'm praying, God, for this as individuals. And I'm praying that for this city. I pray, Lord, for the city of Downey. Somebody once told me Downey is something that is going to mean that everyone in Downey is down on their knees before you. Wow. Who knows, God? We pray for this. We believe it. The Downey will be known all around the United States as a, a city that's down on their knees for you. Yes. I'm praying and I'm believing for this, Lord. We pray this, God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.